this week. Give me an S. Give me an A. Give me a tired old joke that I'm pretty sure we already did on another cheerleader movie. It's Satan's Cheerleaders on That Podcast Stays Up All Night. Welcome to That Podcast Stays Up All Night, where the home team always loses. Oh, no. I'm head cheerleader Josh, and with me are peppy newcomer Cody and Aura, servant of the desolate one. Say hi. All for one and one for all. <laughs> I only serve the desolate I, one. I'm pretty sure that song was in Cheerleader's Beach Party as well. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. It's in this movie a lot. Like, a lot. Like, more than you would think one song should be in a movie. Or it might have been Angel's Revenge, which was another film by the same director. I've heard that fucking song before. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, this ship of the damned mortals called the, that podcast stays up all night is the only crew on the seas of the internet with the scurviest dogs, or at least the dogs suffering from some kind of wasting disease, to raid the fleets of USA up all night. Pirate theme there for some fucking reason. Yeah, no, I. <laughs> the, w- the wasting disease was the one that was I was trying real hard not to break. <laughs> USA Up All Night, of course, was the show from the eighties and nineties with the shower sceniest horrors, TV moviest thrillers, and seventies boobiest comedies Hollywood could turn up its nose at. And we're reviewing them because we make poor life choices. Yeah, we do. This week we're doing Satan's Cheerleaders. Yeah, we are. Don't be crass. We're making love to Satan's Cheerleaders. We're not doing either, as it's my Blu-ray and I don't want it all come crusty. Instead, or I can give us a quick elevator pitch. What a poor substitute. A bunch of cheerleaders are tricked into going into a backwoods town by a lecherous groundskeeper, a drifter, and a corrupt sheriff. Also, maybe Satan? Uh, This 1977 offering is our first film by Graydon Clark, who, if Roger Corman is the King of the Bees and Charles Band the Emperor, is some kind of duke or count or something. (laughs) He's like a viceroy. (laughs) I'm a lord of the township next over. (laughs) Baronet of the Bees. Um, Clark began his life as a salesman, but moved into film with a couple of black exploitation flicks. The Bad Bunch, also known as Tom, which is not a name I want to see on a black exploitation film by a white guy. Nope. Uh, and also Black Shampoo. Satan's oh. Cheerleaders was his break into the wider exploitation world. His did you film. did you look into this at all? Is Black Shampoo is the shampoo itself actually black or? Uh, it's a black exploitation <laughs> film about a guy who runs a successful hair salon who somehow winds up in black exploitation shit. Oh, I'm actually from the summary of it. I actually really want to fucking see it <laughs> because because that pitch is amazing. <laughs> yeah, I'd also watch that movie. I watched the other one that we had to watch this week, and boy, I would try. I would try Black Shampoo at least once. <laughs> uh, Sorry to interrupt. It's fine. Uh, the cast of the film includes classic Western actor John Ireland. Uh, who I believe was in Spartacus in some capacity, uh, and who also dated Tuesday Weld when she was 16 and he was 45. Oh. It's going to be a yikes for me. He also co-starred in the one of my favorite uh, MST3Ks, the Corman-helmed westerner The Gunslinger with Beverly Garland, where he plays a 
Kane, the, the villainous but handsome cowboy. <laughs> aren't aren't um, they all? John Carradine, uh, an old genre hand and father of a dude who you might have heard of from Autoerotic Asphyxiation, uh, plays a bum. Clark's wife is played by Jacqueline Cole, uh, who I always enjoy in Clark's films, as she often has uh, small roles, despite the fact that she cannot act a lick. Nope. Uh, I'll, I'll mention the, that later. She is the, uh, the cheerleader's hapless faculty wrangler. <laughs> so, fellas, based on the frankly awesome cover art and uh, the name of the film, what did you expect going into this one? A little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> Something memorable? A little bit more. Just a little bit more. So this is the fourth, the fourth or fifth movie in our cheerleader cycle already. <laughs> um, and um, I think it's three. It's beach party, massacre, or, or camp rather. But yeah, it was, it was a massacre yeah. type movie. Right, cheerleader camp. And, oh, I get. I guess yeah. the the other end of the world, uh, the end of the world movie with uh, the one girl just in the cheerleader outfit the whole time. Right, count as a cheerleader movie. Night yeah, of the Comet. Yeah, yeah. cheerleader movie. Um. So okay, so this is this is movie three, and so far we're zero for three on like you know <laughs> anything well, yeah. interesting happening in these movies, <laughs> like which th- I mean this movie has a very nice looking Blu-ray release. It's got a Blu-ray disc and a DVD disc, and when you put in the Blu-ray, it gives you the option to watch either the restored version or the original. And having watched the restored version, I cannot fucking imagine that you would want to watch the original. Must be like watching Manos. Yeah, yeah, a lot. Uh, hard to tell a lot of shit that's going on in certain scenes at night. You know, editors have a fucking motto: garbage in, garbage out. <laughs> um, I can't remember who the releasing company is for the Blu-ray, but it is. It is a. The second tier one, but it's a nice re-release of it. Sure, it's that there was effort put into it. Unfortunately, this cannot be anybody's favorite movie. So, <laughs> about uh, I re- so I popped this one in. I I was watching it with my wife again, um, who who thinks uh, Josh's sole purpose on earth is to torture her at this point. <laughs> um, She's not required to watch these movies. <laughs> I told her that. Right? Well, you know, it's it's on it's on her TV in her house. You know, right. she so, she she sort of feels some responsibility to it. I suppose I don't know. Someday we'll do the Beatles movies, and she can guest on that. Yeah, right. Um, she, uh, you know, uh, she she said to me after it was all over, she was like, "But those doggies, they were just following orders," <laughs> um, which was her takeaway from it. But um, that's fairly good. I remember calling you about twenty minutes in. And I said, who am I supposed to be rooting for in this movie? <laughs> I remember you doing that. Yeah. I was like, I don't know, man. That's on you. That's like, your choice to make. Because everybody in the first 20 minutes is, proves to be sort of insipid or unlikable in some way. <laughs> well, also, the first 20 minutes is an entirely different film. Which is yeah. Really <laughs> I suppose there's that. Yeah. <laughs> so that doesn't help. Yeah. Yeah, uh, half of this movie is the the girls trying to escape. Like... 20, 20, 30 minutes in, we start the plot, which is them, like, being, uh, like, this, you know, dragged to this thing, and then you have to go to the sheriff and stuff, and, and then, uh, yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll do it. We'll, we'll we'll yeah, we'll get to that, that in, the, in the synopsis. <laughs> there's there's yeah, a lot to say about it. 
Uh, what do you guys think of the cover art? I thought the cover art was really oh, fucking awesome. great. Oh, awesome. Yeah, great poster. I If the movie was even, like I said, just like a little bit better, I might get either a post, a small poster, maybe a sticker of this movie. You want to you wanna describe the poster for those who are not looking at it? It's a really good, like, uh, kind of that, we, we talk sometimes about that old school movie poster that has this like painted quality to it or it's, yeah. it's yeah. more artistic this this is, it feels like a 3d render of some kind yeah and it's uh it's a bunch of cheerleaders like with their pom-poms up and then behind them is a very large like very, red devil horns cartoony, yeah classic like looney tunes devil or yeah something. big black collar and like looking down smiling upon his cheerleaders and then in the and the bottom of the thing is big block letters that are bright yellow that say Satan's cheerleaders. And most of the letters either have fire coming off of them or tiny little devil horns, which is a fun touch. It's uh, Somebody put a lot more work into this poster than the, the somebody who put any work into the movie. <laughs> yep. Um, the poster was used as the cover for, I can't remember the name of it, but one of the classic uh, academic books on exploitation film. Because it's just really fucking great looking. The more that I think about it, there is... So, the the two characters, I think, that do the most amount of actual acting, like, you could argue they actually have a performance, is the bum guy and the later revealed satanic monk guy who never takes off his robes, but do, he does all, like, the comedy bits, that it's the yeah. repeating the sheriff shit. I can't remember who he is, but he's a sort of classic... TV hand as well. Well, he's, he's somebody who on IMDb has a picture. I was just about to say that makes sense because he don't. really is the only person who seemed to get that. Hey, acting isn't just saying the lines that they hand you in the big block of paper. Well, <laughs> it's a weird divide in it because all of the older characters are played by like classic film actors and B movie hands and. People like like the old man is John Carradine. Yeah, like and it's it's you know nowadays we all think of like his son who. Right. fucking cacked himself in a way that everybody finds amusing. <laughs> well, he did a lot of other things besides that. But he was a fucking well-regarded classical actor, and John Ireland was, too. He might, I didn't look it up, but I, John, I wouldn't be surprised if John Ireland had a fucking Oscar nod at some point. <laughs> like, these are... Sort of the interesting thing in Graydon Clark's work, I think, is that where possible, he tried to use old hands. Mm. Like, you, like he's trying to make like a classic Hollywood film in some ways, which works against the fact that he's actually making an exploitation. Film. Sure. This also this movie also suffers from the uh, really bad cinematography throughout the entire thing, and then every now and then a, a couple of times throughout the movie they'll slip in an accidental good shot. Yeah. It's, it's suddenly it's just like, oh my god, a pan? What? Yeah, he was not. <laughs> and the best thing you can say about him as a director is that he's journeyman-like. <laughs> and he has, like, two songs, and he is going to get some fucking mileage from those songs. Oh, my God, yeah. All for one and one for all. If I can find the, like, bit, like, a clip of that, I'll just start splicing it throughout this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Not necessary. <laughs> I'll, I'll rip the audio from the movie itself not the actual song and no one will bother trying to track us down for that fair enough <laughs> all better <laughs> alright well, yeah I mean we uh -huh. there's a lot to get into but with, like without without uh, getting into our like synopsis and reviews and stuff like that yeah I think it'd be better to, to talk about some of that stuff here in a little bit yeah I gotta go apply for a job as a groundskeeper real quick, so I'll uh, turn it over to Cody for the summary after the jump.
So, now we know that Satan needs cheerleaders for some reason. So what other occupations could be Satan-y? Uh, is this one of those bits? Pardon? You know, the sketch bits we do in the middle of the podcast where we pretend we're having natural conversation, but actually we're just performing some sad little script you wrote. Okay, well, you write the sketches too, you know. The good ones. Uh, hey, maybe you'd be fine with a 20-minute show, but I think our audience expects a little more. Wait, we have an audience? Hey guys, what's going on? Josh is trying to set up a sketch. Oh god, is this one of those ones where we pretend like we're talking backstage or whatever? I think so. I hate that shit. You know what? You don't deserve my sketch. Good. Did not want it anyway. Fuckers. Oh, Satan's so chauffeurs. They drive like hell. I quit. It's time to summon the synopsis. If only I can remember the words. Klaatu, Verata, Necti? Close enough. Cody? Alrighty. That's pretty good. Yeah. Nice, nice reference you you shoved in there. <laughs> yeah, when I wrote it, I thought maybe I should save this for if we do an Able Dad episode, and then I was like, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> you, you won't remember it anyway. We'll get to it again then. You're right. <laughs> Give me an S. Give me an A. All right. I'm almost certain I used that premise before. <laughs> all right, here is the synopsis for Satan's Cheerleaders. It's all fun and sand on the beach. Double entendres galore. You get a double entendre. You get a double entendre. Football jocks from maybe a high school or college play a pickup game with their cheerleaders. It's unclear It's unclear because they refer to one character as both the dean and the principal of their quote-unquote school. The cheer coach is with them, encouraging their fun time and seeming either blissfully unaware of their constant sexual remarks or just as naive to that as she is to the emotion that she should be portraying in any given scene. <laughs> Finally, the boys' football coach arrives and incessantly scolds the boys for wasting their energy before a game day. I can, I can tell you what Jacqueline Cole's energy is in every scene she's ever in. Uh, <laughs> slightly off-put, but kind of... Still trying kind to of smile. About it. Yeah. Oh, like her. Oh. Like some, of, some of her character would be oh, oh. <laughs> the noise she makes dozens of times in this fucking movie. It's like a half smile, and then but the eyes are like a little sad. Uh, the, the best. I wish she was in every movie. The coach's scolding, however, doesn't stop anyone. They keep playing and quote making it while the football coach complains and the cheer coach assures him that everything will be fine. Some other school nerds show up and argue that the beach is theirs, not the other teams, blah blah blah, smash cut to a satanic ritual. I'm not kidding. Then we return to the beach as the young adults slash maybe teens drive home. They discover their precious football field has been TP'd by those other school guys. Well, might as well wrestle around on the field with a bunch of cheerleaders, a perfect time for the satanic ritual master we just saw to show up as the janitor still blatantly wearing an exaggerated star necklace. Apparently, not only is this guy one of them preverbs, but he's also a fucking narc. He threatens to tell the coach, so of course they mock him so he can run off saying, you'll be sorry. Finally, the rival school kids show up in a car and have a water balloon fight. At this point, we don't really know any of these characters, and no one's in any school color, so it's hard to tell who's who. But it's the perfect time for the football coach to be giving the dean-slash-principal and his secretary a tour. As punishment for disobeying the no roughhouse rules, the coach benches the star player Stevie. As the girls leave to shower, Stevie decides he'll blackmail his way back into playing. 
As the girls shower and the satanic janitor watches through a porky's hole, Stevie and the boys switch the bathroom signs, so as the coach continues his tour for the principal dean, he accidentally brings them into a female locker room. Oh no! But they've already mostly dressed, so no nudity. And yet Jacqueline Cole does this great like trying to cover <laughs> pose, but she's frozen. Yeah. So she's just like like she's flash dancing or something. <laughs> yeah. Holding a po- pose in front of a bunch of clothed women. Expect <laughs> her to start doing jazz hands. Stevie takes a Polaroid of the coach to use as blackmail and everyone leaves, so the janitor uses this as an opportunity to either sniff underwear or leave curse things behind. This is also unclear. But the boys catch him and mock him even further, so this can be his final push to curse them off the road in their car in the exact next scene. The boys driving off the road also hits the cheerleader car and they spin out, only to be picked up by the janitor man, who wastes zero time telling the cheer coach that he has plans for them and they aren't going to the game. I really want to talk about this scene because (laughs) it is the weirdest scene to me in the world. This is where the movie shifts from whatever the first half movie was into the rest of the movie of Satan's cheerleaders. The first half was cheerleaders beach party. Yeah. Like except I don't think there was actually any boobs in this one. But it was There's some nudity butts. Yeah, cuz he's he's staring through the today and I can't remember. He's staring through the porky holes and they do a little cheer that involves them slapping their ass and saying the phrase ass and their naive cheer coach <laughs> kind of frowns, smiles and says, "I don't remember that one." <laughs> Um, yeah, so the first part is just cheerleaders' beach party. It's like cheerleaders running around and having their fucking all for one fun. One for all. And the next part is trying to be a horror movie, but like one that would have, should have been made about 20 years before it was. <laughs> um, and, and the scene where they get into the truck is the weirdest fucking scene in the world, because they all just climb in the back of the truck, and then... Like, the guy closes the, the, the rear gate, and he's like, I told you I'd get you all, and then walks away. And they <laughs> don't immediately run yeah. out. He, he says incredibly sus things for the entirety of the ride before the coach finally is like, um, I don't think we need your assistance anymore. Please let us out. When he gets back in, the the coach is like, oh, I'm so, those girls can be a handful. And as he's starting driving, he says, I got a handful, all right. And I'm like, so you... you Copped a feet you sexually assaulted one of the fucking possibly teenage girls in the back. <laughs> like, I know she's supposed to be kind of a knife, but fucking Christ, lady. Yeah, they uh, they not more. You, you could not more obviously be the villain. <laughs> they they break loose very temporarily, but he curses them, and so they all follow along to the satanic altar where we find out that apparently Satan wants Patty, the first girl, to be stripped nude and put on the altar. Which we, we don't see her right. nudity. No, 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 no. Uh, just bare shoulders, the implication is there. The janitor screams over and over that he she was promised to him before he seems to fall down dead. Maybe it's from all of the overexposure shots. No one realizes what happened except that one is naked and they directly assume that he tried to rape them, which isn't that far off. Patty's I mean, given that he was basically saying, I'm going to rape you all, yeah. it's a reasonable assumption. <laughs> Patty seems to have some new aura around her after she wakes up. After finding their way to a sheriff, we learn that a fucking course the sheriff is one of the satanic cult members and his wife and pretty much every person they're going to bump into as the girls try to escape with no degree of real commitment to just getting the fuck away. I do want to really quick, Patty's new aura... Uh, is that she will have one expression the remainder of the film. <laughs> it's blank. 
That's the yes. expression. Blank and somewhat bemused. Yeah. Like, like she's just sitting there thinking, like, this is what I'm doing. This is the curse this of shit, knowledge. This shit's... Like, she she looks like I probably did watching this movie. Like, what's this shit? Slight disbelief, <laughs> yeah. The random attempts to escape and getting recaptured takes up almost exactly half of this movie. Patty goes head-to-head with the sheriff's wife since she now seems to have magic powers too and is too strong for the jealous wife. They assume Patty will be the sacrifice and Satan's new bride, but when they get to the altar, they realize none of these girls are virgins, and Satan's top model is actually, drumroll please, the 26-year-old cheer coach. Why they felt the need to specify her age is unclear, but also makes it even harder to tell if they're fucking high schoolers or in college. I want to I want to deal on this scene, too. I do want to talk <laughs> briefly about a previous scene during the... The large middle of this film was just people running around and you not... Right. No one remembering what could ha- what <laughs> happened because how could you possibly... But I rewatched it today and there is a scene in which the cheer coach is almost raped by John Ireland as the sheriff. Mm-hmm. Like he takes her to the woods and like rips her shirt open and he's yeah. like, I'm going to do my Yeah, he blah, starts blah, like blah. unbuckling his belt. Yeah. Uh, why are there so many fucking rape scenes in this? This is... This, is, this could be... <laughs> if you cut out some of the fucking girls talk a PG movie yeah like that's a it could be a 70s PG so much change. body double entendres it, it it starts to wear on you but it all like, happens in that first like that first different movie that's cheerleader beach camp why are there so many goddamn rapes in these movies <laughs> it's, I just I you can't say it. unprecedented it is very precedented it is extraordinarily precedented and it's it's perplexing because of all the movies that we've watched this one needed it the least i think this is also part of why you get that rising trend in better horror movies of having like a final girl it's it's sort of this like comeback of all of these type of movies where women characters are really just foibles for you to play around with while your inept male characters get to harass them or rape them or in the case of cemetery high do like really unspeakable things I do want to talk about the final scene a bit quickly too, because there's a bit where, like the where John Ireland, the evil priest, is in front of the altar, and all the girls are brought before him one by one, and they all make comments that are supposed to be about from their character. Like one of them's like, "I'm the big girl," and one right. of them's like, "I'm kind of stupid." <laughs> and I was just like, "Don't pretend you have character. You can't introduce character traits in the final <laughs> fucking scenes of your film." The only reason you know any of these people's names is because their cheerleader quote unquote shirts don't actually have their team school on them. They are all wearing white T-shirts with their fucking names printed on them. Oh, they might as well have name tags. Yeah. <laughs> God. Uh, the rest of the satanic cult is either killed or driven away by Patty's power it's unclear like a lot of things in this movie what is clear though is that the girls all decide maybe this new power isn't so bad and after all the satanic hobby lobby lion statue thing has been helping them out and spared all of their lives we then cut to see the girls happily cheering at the big game but oh no stevie gets injured how will we win now don't worry there's some more double entendres implying both sexuality as well as their new ability to do whatever they want thanks to their new lord all for one and one for all don't don't worry the prince of lies has them covered (laughs) and that's this movie more or less more or less (laughs) what a fucking weird movie it's it's weird to talk about but i do want to say that because you might from all of that 
come up with the impression that something interesting is happening in this film. <laughs> That's not really the case. This is a very 70s, very boring film. You just you see everything coming from a mile away, too, before the movie uh-huh. even hints. Because it's one of those movies that is constantly hinting at what it's going to do next. So you're already, like, three steps ahead of the entire movie. The only twist at all I saw was the fact that, like, they, they pick the cheer coach as the yeah. as the main Satan squeeze. That, that she's the virgin. Which, yeah. Sure, whatever, why not? Care. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, were we supposed to also imply that from her character is naivety and, and a, a sheepless expression? Like uh, the... I mean, I can't picture the character having had sex. <laughs> That's true. She'd just be like, oh, 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 oh. That's what I sound like. Yeah, it's pretty much me. Too. Yeah, me as well. Yeah. <laughs> we are all in agreement. <laughs> it's, it's, oh my God, so much of it is just people running through woods and running into people that are actually satanic cultists. They, they do it like four, three like times, like where you're like, oh, will you help me? Oh, sure, I'll help you. Oh, no, I'm literally wearing the exact same star necklace, but we're going to talk for, like, five minutes before I very clearly, like, not follow my eyes, but move my head to the direction of the star necklace. And, like, oh, now I can see it. <laughs> the giant star necklace on your... Well, the, Satan star on your fucking chest. The one that's inexcusable is the guy who wears, like, the brown monk robes. And I was the, just going to say Because one of the girls is running away, and she falls on her knees in front of him for, for no real reason, but she's begging with the guy, like, help, help, I, like, I'm trying to escape. There's a sheriff after me in this crazy satanic cult, and you can see the entire shot, so you can see the necklace dangling there, and the guy just kind of leads her on for a second. Even, like, it starts with a shot, like, at her at knee level, and you just see the red robes but he's in a fucking red robe yeah it's, oh. like who else who else casually is walking around in red fucking robes man i hope this augustinian monk here in this film satan's cheerleaders will help me out <laughs> god Ugh, there's some stuff with dogs too there's like a, a shed that dogs are kept in and the the wife like is constantly trying to use her satanic powers but it's just this weird reverberation audio overlay of her saying kill uh, kill uh, kill uh, which is also the dvd or the blu-ray menu sound effect is uh, <laughs> just that and a couple other lines oh and doesn't the sheriff think it's all fake wait like, i think there's oh. a line that at some point the sheriff is just like i no, thought no, he was into it real I thought I could be misremembering, but I thought I, that he was all like, "This is all like he, he he was leading the cult, not because he believed in Satan, but just because he wanted to fucking have control over people, and he didn't get that magic was real." Yeah, he definitely doesn't believe that Patty has like any power at all, despite his wife like having multiple like examples of proof despite that there's being, something that they they should kill her. Despite it being about as obvious as that the groundskeeper is a bad guy. Oh, yeah, the groundskeeper isn't dead. They go, like... Yeah. The sheriff is like, all right, well, I'm going to go investigate the scene before it's, fi- like, fully revealed that he's in on it. And he finds the guy, and uh, he's like, oh, man, you promised me the girls. You promised me, blah. And then just in a seemingly out-of-nowhere jealous rage, the, the groundskeeper tries to strangle the cop, who then very, 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 like... When I say badly, I don't mean, like, he mercilessly beats him. I mean, it's like that 
Kirk, uh, karate Inept. chop action. He ineptly beats him, like Roger <laughs> yeah. Moore. And then uh, throws him down a hill, which is kind of fun. That's one of the few fun shots of the movie. He, he fights him like Roger Moore in an 80s James Bond movie. <laughs> <laughs> Strike with a slow palm of your hand. Make sure you slow the ascent of your fist as you near your fellow stage actor. You can't use any hip twist to it or you'll break your fucking hip. <laughs> It's funny that we're talking about this. I, in one of the melodramas in the park that I was a part of when I was doing theater, I got to be the bad guy. Mm-hmm. And there is a uh, an action shot of me, which is great because I my hips, my like legs are so spread out. It looks like I'm almost riding on a horse, but I am <laughs> turned at almost a ninety degree angle with like both of my fists extended out. And it's just like, yeah, any any amount of bad acting would make this movie, or over acting, I guess I should say, would make this so much better. All right, so for our discussion here, uh, yeah, one smaller point that bears mentioning here uh, in the early scenes of the movie. Uh, Satan's cheerleaders is very pro-bullying as long as it's directed at the groundskeeper slash janitor guy. Uh, there's similar scenes in other films of the era, like I'm thinking of Clint Howard in his opus, Evil Speak. Uh, In more modern pictures, this kind of thing is often used to build sympathy for a villain. Uh, (laughs) But in the old days, it really seems like more of a justification to hate the bad guy. Like, he's being bullied because he's a fucking dork and should be expelled from society. Uh, Has bullying lost its luster in the age of internet trolling and public suicides? When I gave Aura his copy of this movie back, that was one of the things I mentioned, was the fact that it was weird that we see the bad guy with no context first, so we fully know that he is a satanic cult member. And then the next time we see him is his introduction as, like, the rest of his character, which is immediately being a weird, pervy, narc character. So right off the bat, you're like, yeah, I don't give a fuck about that guy. Like, if he's the bad guy, fuck him. But then right away we see the football guys like beating the shit out of him too. Right. And like everyone talking about how fucking horrible he is. What a creep he is. Yeah. I don't know. I think if you already have a set precedent that you've been weird and creepy, like all all jock bullying is totally like your own fault to a degree. Not saying that he's asking for it, obviously. Yeah. But he does like even before he comes out, he makes He's, like, talking to himself, and he's, like, holding his medallion, and he says yeah. something along the lines of, like, why don't people like me? Or something like that. I just yeah. want I just want to have friends and stuff. And then immediately he's like, hey, what are you, what are you doing? And they're like, oh, we're wrestling. It, what, the, the character says, we're having an orgy, can't you tell? Or, like, you want to join in? And they, they're, like... I can't like, tell you how many times I've been there. <laughs> they're, like, ribbing him. He literally him. can't tell you. There's, like, an injunction. <laughs> but we're hypnal. They're, they they keep, like, joking at him, but nothing is mean-spirited until he finally is like, I'm going to tell the coach. And then they're like, oh, God, you suck. And I feel like there's a history. Like, I feel like they <laughs> treated this guy real shitty. I'm just, I'm just saying maybe maybe don't push people to where they feel they need to use the dark arts to get revenge on you. Right. <laughs> and even more so if you can see that every fucking single day of school they're wearing a uh, pentagram necklace. That might, be a, that might be something to avoid as well. But it's not a pentagram either. It's, it's just like a star with like an eyeball in the middle of it, depending upon how large the uh, Josh, thing was is. Josh, was that a prop reuse from something else? I feel like it, like I, I feel like I recognize 
recognized it from some mystery science theater movie, but... I don't recognize it from anything, but okay. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. It's yeah. like they felt like there was a copyright on actual pentagrams, and they were too scared to use, like, direct satanic imagery, which is hilarious. I mean, a lot of this film feels like it was made in fear of the production code. <laughs> <laughs> being made in the 70s, so maybe they just didn't want to use gener- like genuine satanic imagery. Right. right. We're, we're, we're worried about the release of well, this movie. Also, the reveal at the end was sort of weird about it because, like, where he's just like, oh, here's my tape recorder. Like, I've been, I don't believe in this shit, you know, the whole time, you <laughs> yeah. know? Is also kind of an odd. It's like, Satan's not real. And the girl's like, yep, he is, though. He's like, wait, 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 wait. Earlier in the movie, I saw that uh, oversaturated shot. I think this power is real. <laughs> That was one of my favorite things. I hate the I hate the audio effect that they did, but the like the really really simple like flare that they do on the lens while we were watching the movie, I kind of laughed and I was like, I seriously put more time and editing and production into the sketch on our last up all night show than I than anybody in this movie did for editing. I feel like the the sound effect would be okay if it hadn't been used as long as it was. Yeah, it just they climb a mountain oh. for there's some rock climbing in this <laughs> to do a mystery another mystery yeah. science theater reference, and uh, and they, you're getting the kill for the entire rock climbing. Kill, kill, kill. It, it gets it overstays. Yeah. <laughs> well, and then you watch the movie, and then it's over, and you go back to the DVD menu, and it's right there, and it's immediately like, oh my god, get this fucking thing out of my PlayStation! Or I'm gonna scream. Oh, I love that when a terrible movie has a terrible music thing on a short loop for its fucking menu. And then you lose the controller and you're just looking for it and you're like, is this hell? Did I have a heart attack during this movie and maybe now I'm just in hell and my hell is this screen forever? All for one and what for all. I kind of like the shitty 70s songs in it. Oh, yeah. There's like, All for One and there's one other one that I can't think of. This, this movie was... Bad, but definitely overall immensely more enjoyable than a lot of the ones we have watched recently. Yeah. Like, me and Haley oh, yeah. both had a good time laughing at, like, just the movie still has a plot. It's just not a great one, and it moves with terrible pacing and bad acting. So it makes for a good friend yeah. watch. This is, I would definitely recommend this as a friend watch. Movie. I would watch it, this with my wife again. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> I would not do I mean, that. Well, we'll get to it in the review bit, I guess, but. To me, it feels like what I suspect it is, which is a Mr. Science Theater alternate pick. Right, exactly. Like, like if you can't get fucking Squirm, then you sub in Satan's Shoes. If, if Netflix didn't cancel it, you know, we were we were one or two seasons away from Jonah Ray doing this movie. Mm-hmm. And it, which is a world's better than fucking Cemetery High. Yeah. And, uh... Caveman. God, Caveman. Assault of the Killer Bimbos, too. Like, this is better than that one. It holds your attention a lot better, I would say. It's more confident than that, but I enjoyed Killer Bimbos more because it at least had a couple... Well, we'll, we'll get Reviews. To right, sure. We have a whole section for that point. We do. Yeah. Uh, All right. To so. answer your question about internet bullying, though... <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. Like, I feel like things like... You know, Wicca to some extent have made a comeback in the in the yeah. age of internet bullying to like empower people who are disempowered with regards. I mean, I don't know if that's the answer you were kind of looking for, but somewhat. I, mean, I feel like in the early '90s there was this push to like first. I mean, there started to be a fear of school shootings, which uh, 
back in the day, I don't know what people think of them now as to where they originated, but back in the day, it was sort of that Jeremy spoken, like, oh, the weird kid they pushed too far and he fucking yeah. killed everyone. I think... Shit. So, actually, now now that we're... Cody, having been in school, like, 30 years after us, can, <laughs> can speak to this, Josh. Yeah, yeah like so... he was in school during that time. It must have been fucking weird. Yeah. So, now that I think about that... I, I do notice what you're talking about, but where before in movies there was kind of this like needless or not necessarily needless, but if you needed your character to be marginalized, he would get like some random bullying. But it was always like, oh, this nerd is like drawing pictures or things like that. I don't think movies do that anymore. I think the only bullying comes from either A, their characters that like obviously come from a, a worse background than the main character. So even though they're bullying, you're sympathetic to them as people or yeah or it's something that it's like the only bullying that i ever see is when people are like saying weird or aggressive shit anymore like if if you're if you're being weird and like uh i'm trying to avoid saying anything about like politics but just like if you're belittling another like a group or a person or something like that that's when there's kind of this unanimous like hey fuck you guy like go get You know, whatever. I don't think it's necessarily political. I mean, yeah, that's, I, I know what you're saying, but yeah, yeah. I think the discussion is. I feel like I the mean, political bullying is actually way more prevalent now yeah. than necessarily anything else that we're talking about on the internet. Like, I feel like if bullying does still exist as a thing, it's kind of and it does. I, I suppose it's moved more online, and so it's tougher to to portray because it's not very interesting to have somebody reading a chat room. Yeah. And I, I, even in the last, like, couple of years, there was this big um, push to to stop for, like, cyberbullying, because there was that documentary that was called Bully about the kids that had killed themselves because of stuff that wasn't happening in the classroom, and at that point in time, they didn't know how to police it. And then there was, like, a real big push to stop cyberbullying, and now I'm too old to be in the loop as far as, like, what the, the young, young people bully each other about, but... I imagine it's not having the right Fortnite skins I, or uh, things along been, those lines. I feel like I've encountered this occasionally in the store. They bully each other about being bullies. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I was exactly going to say that. That's the thing that I see now. Everyone always claims that they're being bullied when they're bullying others. Yeah. Like they're real shitty to somebody and somebody will be like, hey, stop being shitty. And then they'll be like, stop bullying me. And I'm like, stop being shitty. Yeah. That's the, <laughs> that is definitely, that's what I was trying to say earlier with that whole like, if, if you're being antagonistic or needlessly like, oh, this movie sucks. You're like, shut up. And then, yeah, stop bullying me. <laughs> it's a weird thing, but I, I don't, of the movies that we've watched, I think this is one that maybe couldn't be made today for that reason, or at least not in the exact same way, because the bullying that they do to the groundskeeper just seems to be a bit... Like, there, there's there's not enough justification for it. You either need to make the character more sympathetic or tone down their bullying. So I did actually, at one point in time, think, uh, I know exactly if this movie got made today what it would be. Yeah. It's Jennifer's body. You just do it right from the beginning, because the whole, like, oh... We're supposed to be a sacrifice, but then we end up being, like, all for Satan. That's basically what Jennifer's body is. Like, yeah. not directly, but just that whole shift. Yeah, there's a movie called All Cheerleaders Die that's somewhat similar to Oh, yeah, yeah. By uh, Lucky McKee, I think. Which is actually a decent... Both of these... Well, they're decent flicks. I, I didn't get into Jennifer's body as much as some people do. That's a movie that's had a lot of critical reappraisals. Mm. I think it's a well-made film, and it's interesting, and it's certainly better than its initial release, but it just... Yeah. I felt like it was one of those movies that's just kind of not for me. Sure. 
So I, I, I like Diablo I Cody and some like of that stuff. Rewatching it, I couldn't quite get into it. I'm also a big Panic at the Disco fan. There's a great song that's on that soundtrack that's a single, and so you can't find it anywhere else, and it's not on Spotify or anything else. So I don't know how well just... that movie did uh, uh, theatrically, it but uh, not good, like really bad. Megan, we sell it real well at the store. Yeah, it, that's had, a, <laughs> it had a big critical reappraisal. Like when it came out, it was sort of like, oh, it's a Megan Fox movie. Well, they all hate Megan Fox because she's dope slow. Not only so was it that, but they Michael really Fox. over-marketed it with the, all of the like Hot Topic merch and things like mall merch that came with Jennifer's body. I think that yeah. was the other massive turnoff was people just saw it as like a merchandising thing and then like later people actually watched the movie. Well, and here's something political. I think it's genuinely... A movie for women, and that it's harder to sell a movie for what? Even more, yeah. even more, a movie for girls, for younger yeah. girls, and those are hard things to push because culture almost always wants to. Like, look at like the brony thing, right? Like a dude being into My Little Pony makes him less, and I and I'm not uh, into My Little Pony, right? So but, you know, but dudes who are into it are automatically like, oh, isn't that kind of like femi or something? Is it? It wouldn't right. say nowadays, but when Ora and I were kids, is the kind of thing you'd say about it? Yeah. Uh, because it's a, a media intended for girls, so it's therefore lesser. Yeah, Jennifer's body not only has like a, a female antagonist, but the protagonist is her best friend, so it's yeah. more like girl centric anyway. And the real bad guys are like the the all dude band that yeah. does the whole like demon raise thing anyway. Yeah, and like the relationship between the two women that's at the heart of it is still like was it Pacey or whatever her fucking yeah receiver's character name is. Like is still her friend, and she yeah. Like, but there's all sorts of weird things that I suspect are elements of, of women's friendships at those ages. Yeah, there's a lot of, of friend, yeah, frenemy stuff. And there's it's like a good Betty and Veronica movie. Yeah, none of this has much to do with this movie, but that would be <laughs> a much better version of what this film is yeah. trying to do. Certainly, Saints Cheerleaders is fun, but also watch Jennifer's Body maybe and, and Die Cheerleaders Die, which is yeah. also a fun flick. <laughs> We're rapidly running out of cheerleader jokes, so quick, let's get the games over with after the jump. Last time on Sketch 2 Theater... Uh, actually it was Sketch 1 last time? We left our cheerleader uniform-clad adventurers. They were falling through a portal to hell. Josh was the mayor, and they said they would do anything. Anything? Anything. Oh man, guys, the magic's about to happen again. I'm really getting motion sick. Can we get off this ride here? <laughs> no way, this ride is the tits! Tits? Whatever. Knuckle down for a few more seconds. I see the darkness about to envelop us up ahead. Well, we've arrived, and I definitely recognize this from my fanfiction. Boy, it sure is warm here. Good thing I brought my pocket dogs. Should you really roast those over a hellfire? Yeah, what's the worst that could happen? I used to eat quick chop hot dogs. Those are worse. Maybe we should check out what's going on over there. Welcome to hell. I am a Satan's personal attendant. Please check any bags and registered firearms at the gate. Please come to the elevator to the left. Level 9. People who are mean to animals. Was that Michael Vick? Is he even dead? Look at that guy. Leave that turkey alone. What's that guy doing to that raccoon? <laughs> if the slothful are in hell, why does hell have an elevator? 
Isn't this a riff on Dante's Inferno? Yeah, but the book was really long, and the sketch can only be a couple minutes, so the, the elevator kind of sped it up a bit. There are seven fairies and Nazis in the specially Nazi files. Guys, stop looking at me. I'm definitely not into Nazis. Level six. College improv troops and other unfunny racist comedians. How is the whole of the blue collar comedy tour here already? How, are any of them even dead? Their careers are, which is pretty much the same. Level five annoying customers. Especially those who ask for the restroom and just leave. And religious zealots. Yeah, I can see that. Hey Josh, are you trying to check in on your phone here too? Guys, I bet being mayor of hell comes with some sweet achievement badges. Knock it off, guys. This is serious. What if we end up having to deal with these people forever? Never for Sonicators. Well, boys, this is my stop. Not yet. Level 3. Subway 3. Oh, but like people who touch you in line at Subway restaurants. Like, Jared? You track that. <laughs> Level two. Politicians, am I right? Some of the worst of the worst. Like those that delay aid to people who need it and leverage positions of personal gain on the backs of others and then get coronavirus dinner the first senator confirmed with it. No disagreements here. Nope. Me neither. Here's your stop, boyos. People who are drunkers, gamblers, evolutionists, pagans, wishes, atheists, and those who play dungeons in the dragons. Oh my god, that sign from the Westboro Baptist Church was right? Uh, I think it was a trick track, actually. Uh, that's a different continuity, so maybe it doesn't count. But aren't the religious weirdos up a couple of floors? Because they were hypocrites doesn't make them wrong. So what now? Just hang out until we hear the music? I'm going to need you to place your feet into these stirrups and faces into these scalding up the caverns on the floor there. But if we put our faces in those apparatuses in these uniforms, our butts will be available to all kinds of devious acts. That's the point. I see Cody already jumped on. I mean, eternity can't start too soon. Am I right, guys? Oh no, D don't, not the butt stuff. Okay, feet here, face here. Hey, you guys think that elevator goes down to level zero, it'll be a warp world that'll take us back to caveman times, or even back home? Eh, don't be silly, why would that work? Just keep with it, we'll figure it out. Two minutes later. You guys aren't actually supposed to be here for another couple of days. Return home from whence you came. Well, that was some adventure. Yeah, I hope we never go back there, or whatever. I can't believe they have the setup to give everyone their own personal hells like that. What was yours? My hell was, you know when you all have two mirrors pointing at each other and it creates infinity? Mine was that, but with pain and suffering, but while Hanson was playing. Oh my gosh. My personal hell was a bureaucratic nightmare where all the hold music was elevator music covers of metal songs. I also had a hair in the back of my mouth I couldn't get with my tongue, but when I reached in, I couldn't find it, but it was still there and it drove me crazy. 
my hell was watching that Ringo Starr's Caveman on loop. Oh my god, it's diabolical. Wait, did that attend to say we'd be back there in a couple of days? Thank you for joining us on this adventure. Come back next time on Sketch 2 Theaters when our boys end up on another romp. Unless it's Sketch 1 again. <laughs> Shut up, you. <laughs> the Drifter tried to warn us away from this film, but we drove straight through anyway. Now we're almost to the other end. Oro, could you give us some games to play on the way? Hey, it's the fun and game section of the the show where in we play some, some games and uh, have a good time, uh, you know. After having to endure, you know, a certain amount of catharsis with the with regards to uh, bad films we watch, <laughs> so uh, Cody, if you'll take a spit of that big wheel, let's see where it lands. This go tick 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 ding. Ooh, <laughs> topically uh, appropriate. Hell, uh, hell! Television and movie trivia, guys. Woo! So uh, here, uh, I'll ask you some questions, uh, and and we'll see. We'll test your knowledge of uh, things related to hell and Satan. <laughs> it's weird that you have trivia for all of the different movies we're yeah. ever going to do, and yet it always ends up on the ones that's thematically appropriate for the films. <laughs> that's that like, is bizarre. Like yeah. our audience doesn't know, but like there's like. Was it, we was could Google, have gotten those Ringo cavemen ones. <laughs> yeah. Yes. yeah, but no, didn't come up this didn't, time. Not this time. Yeah, that would almost be a hilarious foible to exploit on maybe like an April Fool's type episode. <laughs> oh uh, shit! I mean, I guess that's coming up too soon anyway. <laughs> oh, I think the world played an April Fool's joke on us. Yeah. Uh, but hey, so this uh, <laughs> is hell trivia here regarding. So uh, the first question in the most recent Hellboy movie. Who played Hellboy? David Harbour. Oh, damn it. Yeah. I, I didn't remember his name. I was like the guy from Stranger Before, Things. I'll give, you, I'll give you a harder one then. Who played the Blood Queen? Oh, it's... um. Uh, hold on a sec. I just have to think of her name. I can see her face perfectly. It's the Resident Evil girl. Um, oh, Mila Jovovich? Yeah, Mila Jovovich. Nice. Well done. Yep. Uh, next up. Uh, plus or minus, let's say, one. How many... With 2020... What is, what season is Hell's Kitchen on? Oh fuck! Oh my God, it's crazy. It's I want to say it's in the forties. I'm gonna forties. Ah, uh, maybe. Oh, Hell's Kitchen. Oh, fuck. I gotta uh, say like twelve. It can't been on longer than twelve years. Uh, I'm gonna say twenty. I'm gonna play it safe and say like twenty five. Season nineteen starts in twenty twenty. Ah. One of those. Though. I, I would have not guessed. I Gordon Ramsay like has so many shows, <laughs> and mo so many of those shows are like well past their like teens in the amount of seasons that they have had. Uh, have you, uh, have you, Cody? Have you seen Jason Goes to Hell the final Friday? Yes, I absolutely have. Perfect. All right. So this question is for both of you then. Uh, <laughs> in a prop reuse. The jungle gym in front of the Voorhees house was used in what famous Alfred Hitchcock movie? Oh, shit. Ooh, birds? A Hitchcock movie. Okay, if you're going to say birds, what's the uh, what's the one where it's where it's Jimmy Stewart sitting in the window with the binoculars? Rear window. Rear window. Josh was 100% correct. It was nice. in the birds. Wow. They're always Which, perching on it, right? Yeah. Ah. Before a Tibby Hedron is like trying to knock him off, and it's obviously fake hair, and it's the funniest shit in the world. Oh man, what uh, prop reuse uh, as well? Uh, Jason's heart is reused in 
in what uh, famous vampire flick from the 90s? Um, Blade. Ooh, Blade. When did Interview with the Vampire come out? 90s sometime. Blade. I'm trying to think of it. Oh, uh, Buffy. Dusk Till Dawn. Damn. It was the monkey man's heart. <laughs> Brains. Kalima. <laughs> exactly. Uh, famous film, To Hell and Back from 1955, is what genre? Uh, war Damn. movie? I can all, yeah, I would have to say something like that. There's also an animated movie called Hell and Back, but it's not the same, because that's literally about going to hell and back. Yeah. <laughs> uh, war movie sounds right. I'll, I'll, I'll ride Josh's coattails on that one. Well done, World War Two. I should have asked what what war it took place ah, during. That that would have been harder. Uh, I probably would have guessed World War Two. Honestly, it sounds like a. I mean, you're not going to do a Vietnam movie called Be the Hell and Back. It's too long Who is the female lead in the movie From Hell? Oh fuck! What's her name? What's what is From Hell again? Uh, it was a Sam Raimi. It was like one of his. Last series, like, oh, Sam Raimi's big return to horror about the woman that's cursed by a witch. Oh, I thought that, no, 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 no that's Drag, drag me, to me to Hell. From Hell is, uh, did you say the female lead? Yeah. Was there a female lead in this with Johnny Depp? It's the, the... Oh, Depp. shit! Oh, yeah, oh. it's the chick that he's fucking in there. Oh, uh, um, <laughs> oh, I can see the, it's, we work at a goddamn video store, I can see it in my head right now, I can see her face, I just can't... Is it... Uh, she is on the cover. Is it Naomi something? Is that right? Nope. Nope. Uh, Olivia something? Nope. Yeah, I got it. Uh, yeah. I'm... She plays Mary Kelly, if that helps. No. No, it doesn't. <laughs> hey, <she plays laughs> the, the name of the character in the movie right. I haven't seen in a long-ass time. It's the prostitute Johnny Depp Fox, right? Yeah. Heather Graham. Heather Graham. Ah, God. That's right. Yeah. Jesus, she has faded from the consciousness, hasn't she? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Keanu Reeves is in the movie Devil's Advocate. Was he in that movie before or after The Matrix? After. I, I literally just saw this movie yesterday, too. 100%. Somebody bought it. You just saw Devil's Advocate? Yeah, somebody bought it, and I remember thinking, like, oh man, it's a Keanu Reeves movie where he's like sells his soul to the devil. I also love Constantine. I should watch this. <laughs> I think before, and you should watch it because it's fucking great. Uh, it yeah, looks... Devil's Advocate is one of the, oh, I would say, fuck. one of the best uh, of that genre. And also, Keanu Reeves is really good in it. Yeah. Yeah. I want to say before. I'm not sure, but I'm going to say before. Uh, I'm going to say after. A year before. Fuck. Yeah. Because um, it's... Keanu Reeves is okay in it. Al Pacino. Mwah. Yeah. You will yes. never see a crazier... Like, Nicholas... He reaches Nicholas Cage in fucking Wicker Man Heights of crazy performance in it. Only Ooh, with Al Pacino which, energy. Ah, uh, nice. It's it's so good. All right. I'll, I'll definitely have to add that. Do you have like, a bedazzled question anywhere in no, here? No. Uh, I, I just have one more that's mostly for Josh because I don't think you've seen these. <laughs> but, uh... Josh, uh, name me three winners from a hell in a cell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, from a hell in a cell. Well, what oh is a hell gosh. in a cell, Josh, real fast, for those who have no idea? Hell in a cell is a WWE match in which competitors are locked inside of a cell, and then they have to have a big old fight. In hell. Um, I believe The Undertaker won one, famously, over uh, Mankind. Mm, you are... You're correct-ish. 
Undertaker did win. He famously fought in one against... I don't remember if it was a Hell in the Cell, but it was definitely a cage match. Where right. he threw the Undertaker through the top. He, he was against Kane and Brock Lesnar in two different ones. And Anyway, but... Okay. I don't know where you're using for a source there. Wikipedia. <laughs> um, Challenge yeah. it, Josh. Undertaker. Uh, I'll, I'll give Mankind one, and I'll give Triple H one. Mankind, I should have probably looked this up. Or before. any Mick Foley character. Oh, yeah, oh, Nick, yeah, Nick Foley. Okay. Um, and what was the other one? I'm sorry. Triple H. Triple, Triple H H. I don't see Triple H on this list. Uh, the one I was going to ask you about was 2013 Randy Orton versus Daniel Bryan. Oh, I don't think that one was. I don't think anyone cared about that one. <laughs> well, Randy Orton. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, I could have told you. I didn't know for sure, but I would have told you Randy Orton. Yeah. <laughs> that dude doesn't let anybody go over. So he's a fucking dick. <laughs> I don't like Randy Orton. I know some but, people in wrestling are. He's a shithead, and he doesn't try. He doesn't try very hard at all. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so annoying to watch him in a ring and just how little he fucking cares about wrestling. Cody's obviously done with it. He's pulled up it's the so, TikTok. It's not TikTok, it's Instagram. And it was a question specifically for not me. What else do you want me to do? I don't know, wait two minutes until you spin the wheel again? I have a phone in front of me and I'm a goddamn millennial. I can't do that. That's what phones are made for is two minutes. Alright, here's the wheel. Tick, 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 tick. TikTok. Plus one, kid. <laughs> uh, genre swap. Genre swap is the game we play every show. This is where we assign each other a genre, and uh, we try to remake this movie in that genre. So today I will pick on Cody, and I will say that you get to make this one as cheerleader, Satan's cheerleaders as a... Well, let's just stick with last week's theme, noir flick. All right, noir flick. Okay. Uh, who am I doing, Josh? Then okay, Josh, you have to uh, redo Satan's cheerleaders as like a uh, a uh, intensely focused family drama, but like a stage play. Like um, like I'm thinking like all wow. my sons type of drama. Easy. Okay. Uh, Aura, yeah. I'm gonna give you a real challenge. All right. You're gonna do this as a Star Trek fan film. Oh, damn Not. It. Uh-huh. Not in continuity, not a real production from yeah. Paramount. A yeah. fan film. Okay. All right, I got to think about it for a minute. Either of you guys got yours? I, I can improv riff mine. It's, it's easy. Just sort of a Tennessee Williams family drama about, like, it's probably from the perspective, let's, you know, we're about Glass Menagerie. It's from the perspective of one of the cheerleaders' brothers <laughs> talking about how uh, her commitment to Satan is tearing her away from the family. <laughs> Lots of, that... lots of great dramatic <laughs> moments. Lots of uh, what lots would the music of... be like in that one? In a stage play, jazz. Yeah. Ooh, <laughs> I mean, it's that's, that's the era. I always picture like jazz and swing as the the soundtrack to Tennessee Williams. I love Tennessee Williams. Lots of lots of subtext about about how the the main character is probably actually gay. Yeah. <laughs> a, a broken mother character. Instead of, yeah. a, instead of a instead of a glass menagerie, it's a, a bunch of glass like Satan figures. <laughs> all my little devil like all my <laughs> devil Funko pops. 
<laughs> the Funko Pop Menagerie. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, uh, Saints Cheerleaders as a noir film. So you got this cop, right? Is but it, you, it, you're doing the. It, it's all black and white, and you're you're stylistically shooting it from camera angles that are almost always like either at a desk height, looking up towards their faces, or in the corner of the room, looking down. And uh, you know, it's a cop, and somebody comes in. And it's like it's the big janitor guy, and he's like. Oh my god, like, my daughter has been kidnapped. I need you to help, like, find my daughter. So the cop is like, alright, like, give me the details and blah blah blah. And he starts uh, going along on this thing. And it's all the typical, like, oh, these things don't add up. Blah blah blah. Like, she was last seen here. And then she jumped to here. And she she went all, all around. And as it expands, the more and more the the big reveal is actually the fact that uh, the noir cop detective has actually been losing his mind in like a Cthulhu style thing, and he has actually been kidnapping these girls for satanic like oh things. So he's still a thing. And then the there's a role reversal where the guy actually does have a real daughter that he's looking for, but he's one of many other people who have lost their like teens and then go to ask this detective for help and it's kind of like memento where he's like trying to solve his own thing but he doesn't realize it because satan is taking over his brain oh man if you addict uh if you addict that detective to opium you just wrote from hell (laughs) (laughs) uh okay so satan's cheerleaders as told by a star trek how did you word it? Star Trek fan film. Fan film. Thank you. I was. I, I for some reason I got stuck in my head stage play. <laughs> Star Trek fan film. What's your uh, What's your string budget? You'll need a lot. Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, so, um, so it starts out in original series era. Okay. Of course. Because this is this is the kind of plot that lends itself very easily to original series era. Uh, Ooh, is it like recut and redubbed footage of the cartoon? Why wouldn't it be? <laughs> uh, so, so there's a crewman that 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 has had like like all of a sudden seeing these these visions. Mm-hmm. Something weird is going on. Event Horizon. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> and then uh, and then the crewman goes to the captain and says, "Captain, I'm I'm, I'm seeing these you know because there's no chain of command in the fan film. Um, <laughs> I'm seeing these weird visions and." And uh, and whoever plays Kirk in this, um, probably <laughs> some guy squeezed into his girdle. <laughs> I was just gonna say some some portly <laughs> fellow. I'm, I'm picturing live action footage for the new stuff, and then like I said, cut back to the cartoon, <laughs> dubbed with another character's voice. But so it's just cartoon Kirk. <laughs> That'd be great. Talking to someone off camera. Did you did you see those comics that John Byrne did that are like Fumetti style that are uh, that are like cells from the original series. Yeah, you like, could get a put thing into new like stories. With the Star Trek thing that I have, there was a thing where you could pay extra every month to get those too, and I was like, no, <laughs> I don't. How like I, to be honest, I've never read one. Like I consider myself a fan, and I've even read a lot of the comics, but I, I've never actually read one of those because because they were always six ninety nine. Um, and I'm like, man, that's that's just a little too much for a Star Trek rich comic. For my blood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you subscribe to the Eagle Moss collection and pay an extra like five or ten bucks a month, you can get them. Oh, oh, even <laughs> worse. <laughs> now I'm, I mean, now it's I'm, like a bound volume. It's oh, not just yeah, one issue. Well, I suppose that 
better? <laughs> like, uh, Slightly. Different? different. Yeah, they're not better, different. What are you looking for? Uh, so, okay, so so this guy's seeing these weird visions, and and uh, then, then the engineering guy, uh, you know, it could be Scotty, but it could be somebody else, like, starts saying he's hearing voices from the warp engine. And, you know, like these voices, what are they, what are they trying to tell us? What's going on here? And, and so, you know, the captain who is talking with one of his consorts on the ship, you know, because that's, that's what Captain Kirk used to do was sleep with everybody. He's, you know, he's, 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 you know, he's, he's, he's like, man, I got these crewmen saying these weird things and she downplays it. She's like, no, no, it's nothing. I'm sure, (laughs) I'm sure they're just, you know, overworked or whatever. Maybe just give (laughs) them a Reverse gaslighting. Right, right. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and a, a twist ending. Uh, she's involved in it, right? Uh-huh. You, you guys can figure that out. <laughs> we also watched this movie that we just reviewed. Yes, uh, <laughs> um, and so and so, all of the female characters gather around the warp engine for the final scene. Um, <laughs> and it turns out they need to sacrifice a virgin. It being a Star Trek fan film, write your own joke here. <laughs> um, most of the crew except the captain. I, I was about to say. I wasn't gonna say it. <laughs> can't uh, can't be Captain uh, Bones. He's got the funniest name to be a, a virgin. Fuck. He canonically has a daughter. God damn it! That's, See, that's, my that's lack of Star Trek original series knowledge has fucked me out of the great joke. Spock probably didn't because his wife, because that girl he was gonna be married to went with somebody else. The pawn far. And he pawn fared out, but he didn't. Yeah. But he didn't actually bad touch anyone. Yeah. What about Scotty? Could be. I don't know. Could dirty, be, yeah. dirty Scotsman though. He's probably done it with oh, something. He's, he's, you well, know, he, he's, well, he's canonically he's also a bit of a boozer, you know. Yeah, that, that goes hand in hand with uh, adultery. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But the, the plot you described would really work as one of the like Marvel or Gold Key fucking comics. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, you want to take one more spin? Let's see what happens. All right, tick 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 tick. Satan. <laughs> oh my, Satan. Uh, the more you know. Whoosh. Hell edition. <laughs> what did we learn from this film, boys? <laughs> About hell, nothing. Oh. <laughs> Uh, if somebody is different from you, treat them poorly. Sure. Um, pay pay really close attention to people's jewelry. It might tell you which cult they belong to. That, yes, that I, I can see. Um, if your car is about to break down, maybe don't steal somebody else's car. Right? Uh, if you're worried about being captured by backwoods hillbillies, don't lock yourself into a phone booth. Oh. Uh, embracing the... Evil arts of the Prince of Lies and the Desolate One. Uh, it actually p- turns out pretty well in the end. If you have no personality or character, you should put your name on your T-shirt. Ooh, <laughs> what makes them distinct though in this movie? Oh, it's the name. It's the, on the name. <laughs> and the one thing they mention at the end of the movie. One, <laughs> one of, of them, them is the big. One, yeah, one, one of them is big. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, that wraps it up for the fun games portion <laughs> of, of, uh, of the Ser- Satan's you're, cheerleaders. You're just afraid oh, you'd oh. be the ditzy one. <laughs> uh, duh. <laughs> <laughs> or how would it be said then? Doi. Uh, so, so that ends it for, for our Satan's cheerleaders uh, portion of the fun and games section. Let me give the microphone back to Josh, and he can tell us where are they now. All right, well, Graydon Clark. 
went on to make a variety of films, including MST3K Classics, Angel's Revenge, and Final Justice, and Up All Night films Uninvited and Joysticks. All of them showcased his weird mix of aging actors and not-quite-sleazy-enough B-sleaze, although Joysticks is fucking great. Is Joysticks uh, one of them on our, on our queue? Ooh. It's an a, it's a 80s sex comedy with Jodan Baker set in an arcade. Which should what sell could go you. wrong? Which mm. should sell you right there. I don't need to tell you more. Yeah. Uh, he wrote an autobiography called On the Cheap in 2013 about his uh, film career. Sounds oh. like my food budget. Uh, sadly, his wife Jacqueline Cole passed away at some point, but I'm not able to find the exact date of her death with uh, before this episode. Hmm. I might have to read his book before we do another one of his sure. films. Uh, in fact, a lot of the cast are going to be more notable for what they did before this film than after and have since passed on because, you know, he used a lot of old Hollywood hands and that's, that happens. Right. None of these people are dying young. Uh, John Carradine went in 1988 and John Ireland passed in 1992, both after long careers. Uh, I didn't look at the other ones, but I'm guessing most of the other non... <laughs> yeah, did any of these cheerleaders do anything not. else? <laughs> uh, one of the younger actors had a picture in IMDb. <laughs> uh, that would be Carrie... That would be uh, Carrie Sherman, who played the... What, Patty, isn't it? Patty. The, the psychic one. Ah, uh, okay. She's Carrie Sherman. Sometimes she works as Carrie English. Uh, she was the daughter of the secretary from Hawaii Five-0. Um, That's and, a crossword answer yeah. for you. Yeah, <laughs> the is. Lone Ranger's nephew's horse. <laughs> and, and she worked in the 80s in television and occasional films, including 1941 in 48 Hours and Supporting Roles. Hmm. Uh, that's kind of it. These, these aren't. <laughs> these people did not go on to, to great things. Well, it didn't feel like that kind of movie. No. <laughs> no. You know, uh, I mean. They all looked like people that if you went to your local grocery store, you could see the entire cast there. Yeah, they, they posted the cast list like on a on a community board at a Panera or something. Like that. <laughs> yeah, and Clark's films always feel to me like these are people that aren't really going anywhere <laughs> more than I don't know, say Caveman, which had a few people in it who were going to go on to be big stars. Like, yeah. Even though this was a better made film, it just it feels like the it feels like the end of a road. Sure. <laughs> all How about for one for all. All right. Uh, I am going to give this one two wrong pentagrams. Oh. <laughs> uh, it's not a good film. Uh, it's an okay film to watch with friends to laugh at. Uh, it's reasonably competent. It's really boring and really 70s. And I can see why you'd pick Angel's Revenge or uh, uh, Uninvited or uh, which you did for Riff Tracks or Final Justice over this for something to riff. Every every time you say Angel's Revenge, I think of Angel. And I'm like, is that the sequel to Angel? No. (laughs) I also think that every single time, too. Because there's like four sequels to that movie. and for all I know, Angel 2 could be called Angel's Revenge, or there could be an Angel's Revenge in the Angel series. But this Angel's Revenge is a Charlie's Angels ripoff, basically. Ah, okay. Only you have another Jacqueline Cole as the, a school teacher who gathers together the, the, the people God. who are going to fight the mob. 
So the Bosley is a girl this time. Interesting. And a, and a school teacher, and uh, <laughs> really kind of ineffectual because she's basically the same. She's still the same person. Like her character in this isn't. I don't know what she was like in real life, but she's not different in Angel's Revenge. <laughs> it might as well just be Mrs. Johnson in that fucking movie. Oh. Uh, right. for me. Yeah. Oh, did you, did you have yours? You ready? Two, uh, two very well-trained Dobermans. <laughs> uh, the. I, I uh, I also I mean, this movie was competent. Um, it just wasn't outstanding in any particular way. Like I'm I'm having a you know uh, as you guys were sort of doing the the I watched this uh, like a week week and a half ago and it's it's forgettable again. Yeah, I mean, that's, so forgettable, very that's, forgettable. Uh, I, I rewatched to, it today for that I reason. I one hundred percent was trying to remember how it ended as you guys were trying to discuss how it ended. Me and Josh literally had the thing on right before Cody got here. Yeah. And I and I watched some of it. You know, yeah. you watched still, some of the ending with me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so just finishing up rewatching it. Still the ending doesn't stick. Like it you it's, know you cannot pay attention to it. Like you just it's another one of those you just want to do other things. Well I would like to change my scale to two well covered movies. Oh okay. <laughs> uh, fair enough. When we when we eventually make the omnibus of up all night uh, ratings, ratings. Scale, I'll make sure to, to make the notation in that uh, particular. But well covered. There's yeah. no chance that these are slipping out or anything. Uh, you know, initially I was going to give it three, but I'm going to go with two. Oh, both. we talked him down. Well, mostly for the sake of now our score will be six, which I feel like is appropriate. Is appropriate. Um, also, I. So I was going to give it a three and say, you know... What? Oh, you're right. Excuse me. Uh, two of the hilarious Hobby Lobby prop decorations that are the the Satan oh, head thing. Yeah. The lion head thing that they have at the altar. I love that prop, and I love when it's uh, in use. It just clatters loosely around <laughs> on the thing, and you can clearly tell it's just some cheap wall hanging. Ooh, Hobby Lobby are the bad guys these days. <laughs> I uh, like I liked it this one a lot more just because we've had so so much like crap and I was gonna rate it three because if you upped the like the devil angle at all like that would really like cinch it put it over that like weird thing but the I hadn't really thought about the forgettableness it's a great group watcher to like exactly like not pay close attention to be drinking and talking about anything else. Or making fun of the movie, but yeah. beyond that, like, yeah, the movie itself is extremely forgettable. It will absolutely, in a couple of weeks, be a blur, only set aside by the fact that this was a cheerleader movie that had Satan in it. <laughs> it's with, with the premise, you'd just you'd think there'd be more. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so that's a total of six, which, of course, appropriate. Appropriate. <laughs> appropriate. As we continue our, our ritual tribute to the, the great beast. Yeah. Uh, so now we move the, on the to... The head's clattering right now. Like you can tell. It's, <laughs> it's, uh, the, it appreciates the ritual. <laughs> so now we move on to the one thing for the week. One thing for the week. I'll go ahead and start us off. Uh, I've been playing... Dragon Quest Builders 2. Uh, I was never really into Minecraft. We talked to Cody about this a bit before we started. Mm -hmm. I just... It's too much... Uh, in addition to not being a scumbag, uh, 
to quote another group of scumbag people, the people from Penny Arcade once said about a different <laughs> game that it was more of a toolkit for making a game than a game. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of how I feel about Minecraft. I don't want to do that much work for my fun. Like, I want to put in the thing and experience it. Uh, but of the many Minecraft wannabes out there, I really do enjoy the Dragoncraft Builder, or the Dragon Quest Builders, because there's a plot in a single-player mode that's substantive. Uh, there's there's still the online stuff for people that, that that's the valuable part, too, and that's totally fine. I don't I don't begrudge you that. But I like that I like the single player bits. I like that there's uh, the nostalgia callbacks to all of the the tropes of Dragon Quest, and uh, overall, I just I find it a really fun game, which is a, a good thing to have in these times. Yeah, it looked good when you came in and playing it. I actually will probably do a little bit more research on it later. If there's a demo. I totally recommend playing it. Ooh, cool. Uh, if there is, I don't know. <laughs> my my one thing this week uh, is. Just real quick and simple, Animal Crossing New Horizons. I'm a Switch owner. I was really excited for this game. It fucking rocks. I won't talk about it anymore because I'm sure every single one of your news feeds is fucking exploding with this what right now. What is Animal Crossing? I don't even... Oh, do you... Do you really, I do not know. Do you want me to give you the full? Yeah. Or not the full, but it's basically... It's like a really softly... And if you want it to be slowly paced game... Uh, you just you get uh, either a cut of land in most of the other games. It's like a new town you're moving into. Uh, in this one, it's a uh, island getaway that you're going to. And at the start, it, there's really nothing. It's kind of mm-hmm. similar to Minecraft. It's just trees, bugs, and rivers to fish. And you start off with two other animal companions that are just your neighbors. And so you talk to them, you can exchange gifts back and forth. Yeah. I see what the fuck you, what you, you two are doing. Gifts. God damn it. Back and forth. <laughs> uh, but it's it's like a cute game. You shake trees for fruit and you turn like the fruit and the bugs and the fish that you catch in for money and you can upgrade your house. And then in this one, now you can build your own stuff so that way you don't have to wait certain times of the day to be able to turn in things or uh, or get new items. You can always build things, and now you can explore to other items. So if you've already exhausted your resources for the day, it's definitely like a, a calendar-type game. Every, like, 6 a.m. cycle, new stuff will happen. So you can get all the materials to build a building, but then you have to coordinate off, and then you have to wait until the next day, and then it gets built, and then you can use those accessories. Yep. You both did Minecraft things, Minecraft-ish things. Minecraft-ish things. Uh, Animal Crossing predates Minecraft. Sure. I said ish. Ish. To a a layman of video games like Aura, I'm sure, yeah, definitely Minecraft-ish. To a a layman like Aura. (laughs) I'll take it. This Uh, fucking nerd doesn't do relaxing RPG-style games. (laughs) My uh, my one thing this week, uh, Miss Kazumi loves ramen noodles. Yeah, yeah. fuck yeah, you got yeah. into manga finally. Yeah. Well, I don't know if I'd say I got into it, but uh, you got into this one. I did. I I've stared at it on our shelf at the store for months and months, and finally I was just like, I'm a sucker for any story that happens <laughs> in a ramen shop, so. I'll take it. <laughs> this was very funny because uh, several months ago, Aura ordered this book based just on the premise, and he was like, yeah, I love that. And it came in, and he immediately decided to not buy it because he didn't realize it was a manga. Yeah. And then it sat on her shelf. And then he ordered another one, and yep. when that came in, decided he was going to give it a go. Yep. 
So, uh, so, uh... You said you read it in one setting, too. I did. I, it took me about an hour, hour and a half, and, I mean, it's not terribly thick, but it was, uh... Uh, it's about these two students who basically stalk this third student, who for some who for some reason is drawn to uh, ramen shops. Like she she just keeps trying like progressively weirder and weirder types of ramen. The titular and, Miss Kazumi. Yeah, gotcha. And, that is a weird fucking well, premise. And the, the other students are trying to figure out what's going on with her and like what's why, the secret? Yeah, I just like food, man. Yeah, that's that's kind of it. Um, you want to talk about relaxing premises? Like this is yeah. a relaxing premise as, as those things go. That's awesome. Um, so so that's my one thing this week. Hell yeah. That was awesome. On to the viewer mail segment. Yep, viewer mail. We Shit. have some viewer mail. Woo! Uh, this one came to me again uh, personally. Comes from a uh, viewer, Christina, who uh, who let me go ahead. I can pull it up this time since it's at the ready. Uh, <laughs> who says your coronavirus coverage is hilarious? <laughs> Man, that is somebody who listened to the entirety of our last week two-hour-long episode. Yes, <laughs> that's great. Yeah, because it uh, wasn't all that stuff. That stuff was all after, like that after was, I had started. We the did match, an right? hour-long episode for our noir movie, and then for an hour we talked about what I don't that's remember, right. but lots of stuff. Well, we just we had to feel it out. I, if I recall, yeah. You know? Like, because um, yeah, like, we just we got we got lazy with keeping on topic because it was we were at like. Oh, it's an hour. We're, we're about to get this in under time. <laughs> and we just talked about fucking anything for an yep. hour. Well, and so... And at the end, I was like, oh, God, you have to cut all this <laughs> Well, so to, so, nope. so to give a little context as to our news time capsule this week, so yeah. that viewer Christina can enjoy that, um, as of right now, we aren't in lockdown, obviously, yet. since we're since we're all sitting in the same room. Uh-huh. Um, we have not worked out an angle yet as to how we are going to continue the show uh, if we don't end up in the same room. I don't know if it's going to be Zoom, Skyping in or whatever. <laughs> yeah, something. I assume we're just going to Zoom. Um, but uh, so uh, so that's sort of where we're at as far as things go. Uh, as uh, you know, I I still haven't had my classes yet, so they still haven't moved online officially. Uh, sometime later today, I'm gonna. I'm going to record one of my lectures and just put it up rather than deal with Zoom for the time being because <laughs> they still haven't they still haven't got me my username and password. But I imagine at the moment the system's overwhelmed. So <laughs> Sounds like you're having I, to deal with shit that I had to deal with about uh, getting usernames and passwords for business stuff. Yeah, I just haven't squeaky wheeled yet because because I you know I, I feel like I'm going to give it a little bit of leeway given that you know everything is the way everything is at the on moment. fire but not on fire. It's yeah. all an invisible fire. Yes, it's. Uh, it, uh, I, you know, speaking of invisible fire, like, I don't know if you guys have caught this, but, like, po- political speeches have moved, like, towards talking about this like it's a war on this virus Oh, or my God. Well, I've heard that. The, yeah. That the uh, administration's coverage is more towards moving wartime. And, uh, he, and I really don't like that they're talking about suspending rights. Yeah, yeah they're talking about that, but the whole uh, I am a wartime president now is, like, the, the furthest stretch I've seen for anything since... Insert stretch Armstrong joke here. Sure. Something like that's such a fucking reach to call yourself a wartime president right now. He needs to be Article Thirteen or whatever. I don't like Pence, but at least he's sane. Yeah. Well, so um, so as far as that goes, and then my other job, obviously at the video game store, uh, we haven't ceased yet. Um, the boss has really. <laughs> 
the the boss has really taken to like watching coverage and being like on top of it and he instituted rules where we can't be six feet from a customer or each other while we're on the clock we aren't allowed to touch anything the customers touch basically uh constantly lysoling the store so yep um, very chapped from sanitizing my hands yeah he's he's been super responsible about it even yep. though like i think other places have been like maybe you shouldn't be open during all of this um <laughs> but you know i don't i don't know what you know in some ways like i don't we've know what... done everything that we could or necessarily should do the big i mean it's not like short, anybody short else of, you know shutting down exactly basically. yeah it's not like anybody is the big thing is you're not supposed to be gathering especially with people that you're not already familiar with on like or not not necessarily like avoid strangers but like not people that you would be in regular contact with anyway yeah. and again like i definitely understand the the business side of it is just like or not even the business side but the humanitarian side is everybody else has to be home with their kids who are out of school or are off their job for several weeks and so people want a distraction and comic books and video games and movies are like one of the only things that you can freely imbibe right now so i we are running way low on a lot of stuff that I never thought that we would be low on just because stuff is flying out the door as quickly as we have it. Sure. Uh, but My life hasn't changed very much. <laughs> I have a weird life in that way because I've been working from home for like five years. So in a way, there's almost an odd comfort to the fact that the outside world is kind of standing still because like it always feels that way to me anyway. Mm -hmm. That the outside world is this thing that... That I interact with at very specific points. I haven't been doing weekly trivia. <laughs> yeah, no. yeah, right. Uh, that I mean, I guess that that is how your job, your life has appreciably changed. You, yep, you're not I, jocking at the moment. I didn't get my paycheck, so the, my paycheck thing is weird. But I either didn't get it or I will get it tomorrow. But either way, I'm assuming like certain stuff is on hold for for that. Just in general, whatever. Gotcha. But. I'm not. I'm not relying on the already like not exactly on all terms. I yeah. I I feel like. Uh, I mean, I feel like I've done like less takeout. Me and me and the wife have stayed home more days this week. Really? Um, oh, I do tons of takeout. I was about to say we've actually done way more carry out this week just uh, for the same like while we still can. Sure. That's how uh, we have. Um, fertilized it. In some ways, it's been disconcerting seeing the empty store shelves. Like, I think I said it last week, but I'll just repeat it. Like, it's weird seeing no bread in the bread aisle, no meat in the meat aisle, you know? Like, no, no tw uh, uh, Haley, or we, like I said, we and did our, uh, a, a small grocery run for, like, regular just living supplies that we need, not, like, doomsday prepping like some people. And, yeah, it's, it's weird. That's the... Everything else, when you're driving around, since nothing is on fire or underwater, it seems weird when you just look outside and it's like, oh, everything's normal. It's just kind of weird. And even it's getting warmer because of spring, but then you go to the gas stations or you go to any place and you can't go inside certain places. And that's when it starts to like sink in and hit you. And you mm -hmm. talk to your people and they're like, oh, yeah, I've been out of work for like a week now or my. Like, even for us, uh, if we have to close, like, we're supposed to get temporarily terminated so that way we can file for unemployment like a bunch of other people will have to. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if I've talked about my job much. I work doing closed caption. We're in the closed captioning industry for television, so we're actually really 
busy. Like there were a lot of live sports cancellations, which hurt our business a bit. But mm-hmm. at the same time, there's been tons of emergency coverage. So yeah, I'm actually pretty busy at work. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the people are the opposite of most people, and I feel terrible about that. The number of people that are out of work out there. Yeah. It's hard. Well, hopefully, hopefully, we, this uh, all of this just sheds light on all of the different industries and just things in general that need a little bit of a tune-up, so to I, say. I hope that people see the faults in social infrastructure. If this happened like twenty years ago. I'd have been fucked. Yeah, uh, a lot of people would have been. Yeah, because I I lived until I went back to school when I was in my thirties, and prior to that, when I was I was living at the sort of marginal. Minimum wage life that I'm sure Aura can speak to as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, scrabbling by, and something like this would have just fucking... Would have been the end of it. Yeah. Um, especially when they talk about relief packages, like, phasing out on lower income levels. Those are the people you're talking about. Like, they... They need the money more well, they, than you know, you, people in higher income brackets. Like, one of the things yeah. they've been talking about, you know, is the, the gig workers, too. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like the people who do, you know, uh, Uber, Lyft, like mm-hmm. all the, you know. These I got a I've so been bef- tipping my delivery people more. Yeah, before <laughs> I started doing trivia as my like secondary job, uh, primarily, I used to be a Lyft driver, and I still get their emails, and they just cha- like sent out an email this morning that some of their community guidelines have changed, and it's like their rideshare service is suffering because people aren't supposed to be going out, and uh, Lyft especially is a thing that is helpful for getting people to and from bars. The whole idea was it was a safe ride home at first. But now they're talking about how Lyft is actually kind of pivoting now where if you uh, are still doing it and you're not getting a lot of rides, there's something where you might end up running medical supplies to somebody for like Mm. hospitals and things like that. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've always been... I use gig economy stuff because it's easy and because I'm not wealthy. But... I've always been more of a proponent to pre-gig economy stuff. Like, I, I feel like disruption is often done without thought to the effects on people's actual lives. Mm-hmm. And I think that we see a lot of that with, like, the gig economy things. Like, like I said, I'm trying to tip a bit more when I, cause I use stuff like Uber Eats for food fairly frequently. And I've been trying to tip a bit more uh, because those people need money. Uh, but increasingly with the pressure to stay home and with not as many jobs going around for them, those people are going to start to stay at home. And that will in turn cause pressure on people who people who are disabled, people who don't have a lot of family or friends, people who rely on transportation services. And, uh, you know, gig economy stuff has become inextricably a part of that now. And if nobody's out there and there's no incentive for people to be out there, those people are going to be vulnerable in the case of medical emergencies or lack of supplies. Mm-hmm. And that fucking sucks. Yep. Because it was, you know, they're just like, oh, taxis are uh, taxis are corruptly structured. Sure, that's factual. They could have used a, a good update to how they work. But what people did instead is just not, is just eliminate, basically, try and find a way around all of the rules in, involving taxis instead of trying to reform them. And the consequence is a, a largely lawless service. Mm-hmm. Lawless. And and that sucks because it needs to serve economies exist to create socially useful function. And there's not of their own how, how do you meaning of themselves. Wait, wait, repeat what you just said. I, I like how you said that. Economies exist to create socially useful functions, they don't exist in and of themselves. When an economy fails to address the needs of its population, then it's a bad economy and it needs 
reform. Right. But I thought economy existed for purposes of profit, Josh. <laughs> I know that's how a lot of people think in America, and they're very, very wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Any. And that's why I think those sort of absolute planned systems like communism or like capitalism, like the free market extreme capitalism that's so often practiced, fail because they don't. They're they're prescriptive rather than descriptive. Like well, they they attempt to say just make everything work this way rather than here's how things are working and here's how we can adjust to get the important things to people and get the important work from people. And then like you can directly see right now in a in a quote unquote for profit economy what what happens when the people who need it most can't get things like literally food, sanitation and like health like stuff. Like medicine is is really really low, toilet paper, cleaner stuff is really low, and food is like low at every local, anywhere. Like yeah. it's all because people panic bought like before a bunch of shit went down, and now on top of everybody else getting temporarily laid off or just flat out fucking fired, like those people are people who thought they at least had maybe a semi-stable job or could live paycheck to paycheck, and now are like one step away from being homeless. And I'm so lucky in all of this. Like, I have a reasonably... I have almost exactly the American median income for a single person. Mm -hmm. uh, and a job that has stability within this particular crisis. Yeah. And I, as such, I have more access to resources and a decent social network and family network compared to a lot of people. And it fucking sucks. Yeah. Besides, sucks. besides rent and all the other things, my car payment is actually more... Uh, in a month than my rent is and right now if I wasn't like living with Haley who still is able to get her uh, she works for a college so uh, she has been working from home for the last two weeks now yeah. uh, like I would also be very very fucked I would have to be taking advantage of some of those like I won't get my utilities shut off for not paying them because I would literally be at the point where I'm not paying certain bills just so other things don't get turned off for me Yeah, and then when you see people like delaying Ron Paul's such a fucking idiot. These people <laughs> delaying these wow. aid measures. He's a fucking idiot. I, and I hope he doesn't die from COVID, which he apparently has, because I don't wish death on people, but right. he's a fucking idiot because he's like, well, why are we passing this without paying for it? People have so forgotten that Keynesian economics built America after World War II. Mm -hmm. Like, when, when there's economic crisis, when there's crisis, the government needs to spend. It needs to spend on deficit. It doesn't matter. You... When we're through the crisis, we can find ways, preferably by reducing the military-industrial complex, to fucking reduce government spending and get back to a, a better economic footing. But right now, the government needs to put money in people's hands so that we don't have massive social unrest. <laughs> Cute social unrest. The worst fucking thing right now. Oof. Yeah, that would. Uh, that was not as hilarious and uplifting as last week's. Um, <laughs> no, probably no, not. No, no. But we are still <laughs> under, we are, we are under two hours, but we are very close to hitting that goal, so we should probably wrap and do our socials now. Whatever. I didn't remember what we did last week, so I can't riff on it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I don't I don't, yeah. I don't remember any of this shit. <laughs> All right, well... <laughs> This podcast has been a proud production of That Podcast uh, Productions. You can find all of our podcasts, blogs, and assorted nonsense at thatpodcastproductions.fireside.fm. You can also find us on Facebook at That Podcast Stays Up All Night Slumber Party. 
uh, Instagram at that.podcast.productions and on Twitter at thatproductions. If podcatchers are your thing, you can also find us uh, on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Google Podcasts, whatever that thing is called, the, the newfangled stuff. Uh, and iTunes. Or you can just add the RSS feed at our website. You can find us as that podcast productions on those things. Oh, yeah? Uh, Cody, care to tell us about our, 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 our wonderful artwork? Our wonderful art is provided by Abby. Uh, she is a uh, local artist and cartoonist and does lots of uh, other paintings available for commission. Uh, especially right now, uh, you could go to greatly helping somebody in a low-income situation who is a local artist uh, by commissioning some drawings or some cartoons, or maybe just a simple profile picture. She is also a, in quarantine, so there is not a lot uh, that is going on there. Has she been in since she got back? What? I like, can't imagine. Can't have been. She's probably been in quarantine. Yeah, yeah she's, she's, she's done full self-isolating ever since. She was in Italy, actually, when all of this started, which was insane yeah. for an unrelated, like, job thing. And then very quickly, like... This, this thing happened and then came all the way back to America, too. But yeah, uh, And so far, she has not been tested positive for it, right? No, she's, yeah. She's, yeah, she's, she's just fine. doing the isol- yeah. isolation as a precaution. Uh, yes, absolutely. I believe everything got happen- like taken care of before they We're really left Italy. really Abby. And seriously, if you need art commission, our art is really great. It's yeah. a super cool person. So. We, we love our logo. It's really good. You can look at uh, our logo as well as some of her other art on her Instagram. It's Rosari Art, R-O-Z-A-R-I-A-R-T, all one word, on Instagram. So remember to subscribe and review. Email us your comments at that.podcast.productions at gmail.com. How about our sister show, Josh? Uh, girls Talk Comics is not about girl talk. Nope. Not <laughs> I will do that every time. Uh, it is instead uh, a couple friends of the show and former guests, uh, Aaron and Jessica, who are talking about comics and doing it in sort of shorter form, 10 minute ish podcasts. Uh, great thing to, to fill your time with during the plague year. Perfect. What's coming up next then? Uh, next time on That Podcast Stays Up All Night. We're taking a vacation, or as close to one as we can get on this show, with cult classic Eating Raul in three weeks. But in one week, we'll have a special surprise. Special surprise. Yeah, I I, it doesn't need to be a surprise. You can just say. Yeah, we're doing a film called Bikini Bloodbath Shakespeare. It's, it's real turdy. <laughs> we're doing a, a films that could have been up all night films, which I contend it could be, and I, I, I'm guessing you guys agree. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, and... Uh, God, yeah. It's a thing. I've, I've seen about very many low-budget Hulu <laughs> movies that are very uh, comparable to this one. <laughs> oh, God. Fox sets I, that I ha- Remind me when we talk about it if I start to forget, but I kind of have a funny story <laughs> okay. to this one. Oh, I hope your wife tried to watch it with you. No, she didn't. No. <laughs> uh, although, I'm pretty sure the uh, opening shot of that girl's nipples would have probably been enough to tell her <laughs> she could go to bed and not watch it with me. <laughs> um yeah well that about does it for that podcast stays up all night until next time hail our evil dark lord my name is satan hail satan hail satan hail yourself that's not this podcast that's a different podcast so don't uh, last podcast on the left don't sue us but uh hail me <laughs>